Thy word is the lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When I feel afraid, This is Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. You're the light unto my path. And now here's your speaker, Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible, and we do appreciate your watching today. I have a rather unusual topic today. I want to talk about the most talked about man in town. You may wonder, who is this man? Uh, religious people talk about it all the time. And so I want you to stay tuned as we discuss that subject today. The most talked about man in town. Today on Know Your Bible, we're offering a free Bible correspondence course. And we, we have thousands of people all over the world studying this course. We have people in every state of the United States, many foreign countries. And we want you to have this course as well. And this course is designed to help you get to know your Bible. And in order that you might know more about the course itself, in order that you might know how to receive this course, we'd like to pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we would like for you to have this free home study Bible course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. If you would like to receive this course, write to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580 or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'd like to read now from Luke, the 23rd chapter, and I'll begin reading in verse 32. And there were also two other malefactors which led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the malefactors, one on the right and, and the other on the left. And, and then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. And the people stood beholding, and the rulers also with him derided him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he be Christ the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar and saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And a superscription also was written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, Save thyself and us. But the answer, other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing that thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, Remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, 
Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Isaiah the prophet predicted the trial and the death of Jesus in Isaiah chapter 53. One of the things as Isaiah predicted in that chapter was that he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. And Jesus Christ died upon the cross and he died with two criminals, one on each side of Christ. Sometimes we read this particular story from Luke chapter 23 and people talk about the one thief the thief who said remember me when you come into your kingdom and they they cite this thief as an example of how people can be saved today but let me ask you a question what is there that we know about the thief on the cross. Well, first of all, we know that he was a criminal. He was an evil worker. Uh, and, and we also know that he was a thief, a robber. According to verse 41, we know that he was a lawbreaker. And, and by dying, he was paying for his crime. We also know that this man was a dying man. His time was limited. We also know that he was doomed. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. But this man had a conscience. And he cried out, Lord, remember me. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Unfortunately, too many people have conscience a conscience that is hard and, and seared. Paul talked about that in 1 Timothy chapter 4. He said, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, having their conscience seared with a hot iron or hardened with a hot iron. And so this man had a conscience and he cried out. Now think about the circumstances this thief was in. First of all, he, was, he had been crucified. When an individual was crucified, they, they were sometimes on the cross for a week or more. Death by crucifixion is one of the most cruel forms of death ever devised by man. The Romans borrowed this method of execution from the Phoenicians, but they seemed to, to hone it down to a very fine art. And there were many executions by crucifixion by the Roman government. I cannot conceive in my mind the pain that one person would endure when being crucified. To have nails driven in your flesh and 
be, be nailed on a cross. This is the most cruel form of death I believe that has ever been devised. Oh, people today can pay for their crimes by, by lethal injection, the electric chair. There are some countries where they pay for their crimes by hanging, such as was done with Saddam Hussein. But I don't believe they compare so far as the, the cruelty is concerned and the torture of crucifixion. And this man had been crucified. He was crucified outside the walls of Jerusalem at a place called Golgotha, according to Matthew 27, 33. And that means the place of the skull. A number of years ago, I had the opportunity to go to the Bible lands. And I was shown a small hill. And I was told by the guide that this is the site where it is thought Jesus was crucified on this small hill. And the fact is the hill which was made primarily out of rock has a skull-like appearance. Maybe that's the reason it's called the place of the skull. But I know this, there was an ugly mob that milled around the cross while that thief and Jesus and the other thief were on those crosses. And it was late in the day that they came and they, they broke the legs of the thief to hasten death, according to John 19, 31 and 32. But it's interesting that they did not break the legs of Jesus. But this is what the thief did while he was hanging on that cross. He, he rebuked the other thief. Why the one thief who was the impenitent thief said, if, if you're the Christ, save yourself and you, you save us too. But this man whom we call the thief on the cross, the penitent thief said, Dost thou not fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? You, you see, he rebuked this man. And this thief confessed his guilt. He said, We indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. We are being punished because we are criminals. But then... He acknowledges Christ. And he said, but this man has nothing, none, done nothing amiss. He knew Jesus was an innocent man. And then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That was a simple request. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. He had some concept at least of the kingdom because he knew something about it else he would not have asked remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus had said a number of things about the kingdom. Mark 9 and 1, Verily I say unto you, There be some standing here which shall not taste of death 
till they see the kingdom come with power. Matthew 16, where Jesus was speaking to Peter, and he said, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom. In John the third chapter, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, be, uh, he cannot enter into the see the kingdom. Then in verse 5, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom. Perhaps this man had heard Jesus talk about the kingdom. Perhaps he had heard John the Baptist predict the coming of the kingdom. Matthew 3, verses 1 and 2. But nonetheless, he knew something about it, and he asked to be remembered. And this was the answer. Today, thou shalt be with me in paradise. I don't know whether the man understood the meaning of paradise. Paradise is that realm of the disembodied spirit where people go to await the resurrection. And so he said, remember me. And Jesus said, you'll be with me today in paradise. He may not have understood the word paradise, but there could be no misunderstanding. Today you will be with me. I have been asked, Brother Lambert, do you believe the thief was saved on that cross? In the first place, I'm not the thief's judge. But based upon what our Lord said, today you will be with me in paradise, I would have to answer, yes, I do believe he was saved. But let me ask you a question. Is this a model example of Bible conversion? Is this what we are to teach people today that they must do in order to be saved. To call out, remember me, Lord, when you come into your kingdom. Just, just what do people mean when they say, I want to be saved like the thief on the cross? Well, first of all, to answer that question, there's, there's a, a distinction that must be made. That there is a distinction that must be made between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And, and that distinction is very clear. The thief lived while the Old Testament was still in force. Jesus was still alive when he made that statement, Today you'll be with me in paradise. The Old Testament was still in force. You see, while Jesus lived upon this earth, Jesus had the power to forgive sin while he was on this earth. If you will, turn back in your Bibles to Matthew, the ninth chapter. And in Matthew, the ninth chapter, we have an interesting story that I, uh, of Jesus healing a man and this story will help us to understand better what I'm talking about. If you'll notice in Matthew chapter 9 and uh, verse 5, well, going back to verse 1 actually, 
He entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own city. And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. Behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemeth. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore think ye evil in your hearts? For whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Then saith he to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up thy bed, and go to thine house. Go back to verse 6. The Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sin. And while Jesus was still alive, even on the cross, He had that power to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee. Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. But remember, that was under the Old Testament law. Now when Jesus died... Jesus initiated the New Testament. And you and I live under that testament today. And it was only after Jesus died that that testament became effective. You turn now in your Bibles to Hebrews the ninth chapter and verse 15. And for this cause, He is the mediator of the New Testament that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For wherever a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. Now verse 7 is important. For a testament is of force when? After men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. The testament of Jesus Christ, the gospel, found in the New Testament, was not enforced until after the death of Jesus Christ. You see, the thief did not live under the New Testament law. The thief lived under the Old Testament law while Jesus was still alive. And remember we read that while the Son of God was on earth, He had the power to forgive sin. But today, all the blessings of salvation that are offered to man are upon the terms that are listed or explained to us in the New Testament or in the gospel. Sometimes people say, well, you know, the thief was not baptized. Well, we don't know. He may have been a disciple of John the Baptist since he knew something about the kingdom. We don't know that. We, we don't know that he was never baptized. But I understand what this individual is trying to say when they say the thief was not baptized that Jesus did not command this thief to be baptized. And there's the reason, and here is the reason, because the command to be baptized is not in the Old Testament under which the thief lived. 
It is in the New Testament, and that New Testament did not go into force until Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary. And so there is that distinction between the Old Testament law, the New Testament law. You and I are living in the gospel age today. And we are subject not to the Old Testament law, but the New Testament law. There are some people that find their duty and their responsibility in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. Well, there's profit and there's benefit in studying the Old Testament. There are great lessons to learn from the Old Testament. And if you've listened to me preach any length of time at all, you know that occasionally we'll, we'll have a message to come from the Old Testament. And, it, and it's profitable for us to study the Old Testament. But when I stand before God, I'm not going to be judged by the law that was given in the Old Testament. I'll be judged by the law that was given in the New Testament. I'll be judged by the Gospel. John 12, 48, Romans 2, verse 16 affirms that fact. And so the thief was never subject to the Great Commission of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. After Jesus' death and after His resurrection, Jesus gave the command, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you all way, even unto the end of the world. In Mark's gospel, he said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Friends, the thief was never subject to the great commission of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because he did not give that until after his death and resurrection. I sometimes refer to it as his great resurrection message that Jesus gave to his disciples to go preach the gospel to every creature upon the face of this earth and to teach them, he that believeth and is baptized, shall be saved. And the thief was never subject to that. Someone that watches our telecast frequently wrote to me and wanted to us to make some explanation about this matter. I hope this helps to clarify the thief on the cross. Remember, there's the Old Testament, the New Testament. The Old Testament was given, the Old Testament law was given to the Jewish people. The New Testament law is the gospel of Christ is in the Christian age, the church age. And the thief lived on the other side of the cross, not in the Christian age. And so that has to do with our properly dividing the word of truth. And so this man said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus didn't say, he that believeth is baptized shall be saved. No, no. No. 